If you are receiving this transmission, you are the resistance. Monday, August 15th, 2022. This is Skywatch, your co-host from Dallas, Texas, Shaw. better than pretty much most people on the planet that's for sure all right brother (laughs) that's good man that's good keep your head up uh things are getting weird out there yeah we're gonna be here trying to keep some sanity and keep people's heads on straight about everything i have to have a swivel on my head that's an upgrade most people don't got that so i feel like the last couple of weeks have been very serious and uh, our tone has been very serious. So I'd like to start off today with a little bit of a joke. But did you know our armed forces have a new policy? Did you hear anything about that? No, I haven't. Some new knowledge for you is 30 seconds. All right. Changes to the tattoo policy. You can have a tattoo on the back of each hand as long as it doesn't exceed one inch in all directions. You can have any number of tattoos between the fingers as long as they're not visible when the fingers are extended and joined. You can have one tattoo on the back of your neck as long as it doesn't exceed two inches in all directions. And you can have one tattoo behind your ear as long as it's not bigger than one inch in all directions and doesn't come forward of the earlobe. Call a recruiter today and let's... So it's pretty much saying that getting guys with tattoos is okay. Uh, yeah, they're. I guess they're having a problem with recruitment. That's why they're saying that people with tattoos are now allowed. But damn, did you hear those requirements? That that was pretty particular. Yeah, I know. In between the gappies of the fingers, pretty much like where people shoot heroin. Between your fingers or behind your ears, and it can't extend past your earlobe. So I wrote a couple of jokes for this. Um, Incredibly offensive, of course, but why not? Or two. Who are Uh you offending here today, Ronald? Oh, of course, the service members. Uh, So let me know what your favorite punchline is. So uh, first one, uh, with these new policies now, the Navy doesn't have to cover up their dick tattoos behind their ears. Because they all got really tiny dicks tattooed behind their ears. <laughs> Smaller than one inch, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's a tiny dick tattoo. Small <laughs> dick tattoo, huh? It was between them and Space Force. I couldn't decide who was lazier. 
so the first thing I wanted to get into, I'll redo that. The first thing I wanted to get into was something I was teasing for a few weeks. Uh, I had an interaction with one of my friends, and it didn't go very. Yeah, you wanted to speak about this two weeks ago, I believe, or something that's been kind of been on your mind settling for a while uh, about this, and then it actually had something to do with our live chat last week, right? Too. Oh, of course. It's it's going to tie everything in. Uh, it's it's a mega it's a mega lesson from Shaw. Uh, a mega lesson. A mega That's lesson. New I'm, I'm going to be talking for a long time. I have a lot of clips, uh, and this is a straight lesson and how to listen without a hundred percent agreement. So you know, in this new day and age where most people are working from home now in their traditional jobs, uh, people are just obviously not working for distractions. Um, you know, do what we do best. Uh, so. For me, it's good for me to get out of uh, like my normal work environment if I need to really focus and get something done. So I went over, uh, you know, to smoke a few bong bowls and get this intro song concept made. Uh, I had to come up with a little concept clip of, that I made to give them samples of something that they can make. Uh, so he's doing his thing and I'm doing mine, uh, which at the time is just, you know, cutting up samples, finding, uh, little clips from all over the internet, like this clip. If you are receiving this transmission, you are the resistance. So I'm wearing my headphones, doing my thing, and he's on his workstation and playing YouTube videos on the TV. Uh few hours in, he eventually says he's out of stuff to play, if there's anything I want to play on the TV, because it's just background noise, so I can put something on if I want to. So I let him know that there's a, something I need to catch up on. Uh, basically, it was Sunday night, Monday morning, so there was a transmission from Bandot Video, from the notorious Alex Jones, and I told him that I wanted to catch up on that transmission and put it on the screen, and that's when all hell broke loose. <laughs> I, well, you didn't know your friend well enough that you didn't, you couldn't, couldn't sense that beforehand. Uh, I've, I said a lot beforehand. This is one of my best friends. We've been friends for over 10 years. Uh, we went to high school together. And I thought, you know, I had told him that I was working on something. And he had heard some of the samples already where I was getting them from and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah, he, you know, it only took 10 minutes for, for him to get triggered and say some pretty pretty disgusting things. Uh, not about me. Uh, I don't really care people saying things about me anyways. So at the time, it was inappropriate to have a discussion about it because he was really upset. Uh, he said I should be I should be doing better, quote unquote, <laughs> and went so far as to call Alex Jones a white supremacist for voting for and advocating for a Trump presidency in 2018, 2019, etc. 
so I would like to use our time now to run that defense that I should have run that night, um, you know, think with the help and magic of podcasting that we have here. I'd like to play uh, just a whole defense kind of along the lines of what he was hearing that night. Uh, but I think it's important to hear the message that Jones has tried to put out there. And as always, judge for yourself what it is that this person's trying to say. And, you know, just go from there. This is an emergency transmission from deep in the heart of Texas, the U.S. resistance. We have the global corporate combine, empowered and funded by Communist China, allied with the big mega banks that set up Communist China in 1949. The Communist Chinese have taken control of U.S. telecommunications infrastructure. The Communist Chinese have taken control of Hollywood. The Communist Chinese have taken control of the main universities. This is all confirmed. This is not a drill. Big tech in Silicon Valley is almost completely run by the Communist Chinese government. They've officially become state-run. Apple, 100%. Google is now making the transition and announcing a merger and total worldwide censorship. They are now beta testing using me as the straw man, a demonized version of Alex Jones to do that. This is happening. This is not like the other probes before that were meant to get you used to probes and censorship, thinking you would adapt to censorship by just putting up with it. Now this attack is thousands and thousands and thousands of times the magnitude of all previous attacks. This is a titrated dose, reverse psychological warfare operation using adapt and overcome subversion paradigm manipulation. In layman's terms, they are manipulating the fact that we adapt to being oppressed. We adapt to being oppressed with the low dosages of oppression. And now when the megaton hits us of the total takeover, we try to adapt to the poison infusion instead of not knowing it's a lethal dose if we accept the dose. Total Internet of Things integration, global social score, complete command and control system. It is the virtual reality AI weapon system now attacking the United States with traitors inside the major security agencies blocking Trump's resistance of the program and attempting to stop us from removing the tentacles of the Chi-Com slash Big Tech banking combine emergency situation. I have been chosen for destruction because I brought you this information and have been battering, ramming it out as much as I can. They want to double use me as they always do in any complex system of mathematical deception where every angle of my good is turned against us. So they take what I've said, being sincere, build me into an insincere person in the straw man. I'm a person that cares about life and children and is against these wars. And so they make me a herder of children. And then they build me into this lie to then set the distraction while they're actually censoring all of you to make a debate about Alex Jones. So even if I didn't sell out to them, they now use me as an archetype to serve them by being the main distraction. I have now been captured by the enemy in the information warfare fulcrum and it's being used against you. Only your full understanding of this key will break you free from this paradigm. I have given you the transmission. Now break free. I have sworn upon the altar of God eternal hostility against every form of tyranny over the mind of man. Thomas Jefferson. If you are receiving this transmission, you are the resistance. I played that clip because I shot that four years ago. Right after we were deplatformed, I shot it. It was a rant on a live show. That's unedited. They just added video over it. That's the spirit talking. That's total truth. That's 
That's the A game. That's what you live for. That's why you want the Holy Spirit when you're in that zone. It's incredible. And they don't want any of us in that zone. This broadcast with our guests and our callers and myself and others, we are about getting into that zone. This is a focus on liberty. And I talk about how they incrementally turn up the tyranny so you don't notice it like the frog in the pod until it's too late. We're about pointing out we're in the pod. And just like I made that point, they've been attacking us so long, it becomes like, yeah, they took his banks away. They took him off the Internet. Yeah, they, they attacked him. Yeah, they now they want to arrest him. Yeah, you just get used to me being chewed up. It's kind of like, yeah, he's down there getting chewed up. You don't realize I'm at the gate of the fortress defending you because I love you. I'm not a hero. I can't watch these people do this to you because I am you. I have a feeling of empathy just like you do. So now I need you to take action and not procrastinate. It's about our intellectual information being number one in their face, showing the vote of the people. But this broadcast and what we do every day is the real tip of the spear. And we need your funding at InfoWarsStore.com. It's your choice at this critical time. We have grassroots. They have the New World Order and their printing presses. We don't need all the funds they've got. We just need to stay on air. And we have a plan to stay on air. If we can pay for these kangaroo trials, we got to go to or they'll arrest us. And if we can pay for the bankruptcy and go through that and show the courts that there's not all this money, it'll all go away and show that it's just them wanting to shut us down, which the Washington Post, the New York Times this week said, the goal is to silence Alex Jones. They're using Sandy Hook families as pawns. And I saw that two days ago when I did a live video in the, in the morning saying, I think Scarlett Lewis and I think Neil Heslin are real. I've been around him for over a week. We question all big events. We didn't create the Sandy Hook questions. The government lies did. But I think they're real people, and I believe Sandy Hook happened. And I appreciate them, and I'm sorry. They edited the tape to say I hated them. She got up on stand, believed it. Once she saw it, she started crying, said, I'm sorry, you're right. Oh, my God. And then her lawyers went over to her and to Heslin and snapped their fingers like they were dogs and said, get over here yesterday. Wow. Okay. That's the end of that. Well, honestly, I, I, it hit me directly at home at heart. It's because it's like it's how I feel. Like it's my empathy that I want to get out there. That by any means, does me doing anything what I do benefit me any way, shape, or form? It's literally to turn my life into an upside down from being on top to being on considered to be like an outcast or a person who does it. Like I went out last night in Old Town Scottsdale and just felt just the difference. I got the I'm not on that frequency and vibration anymore and from being the most sought out popular person to being just like, Oh, this is another person it was kind of weird, <laughs> but I didn't care. Cause I feel like I felt sorry for the people and their mental prison. I'm glad you're still strapped in and 1000%. Yeah. I'm glad it hit the core. That's what powerful transmissions are for. Uh, let's go through it one step at a time though. Cause I'm pretty sure that, that four-year-old clip explains almost everything that's going well, when on. When he said the Holy Spirit talking through him, like I know that's when I get in these rants and when I talk and I don't even look and I just keep going, 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 go so quick. You know it comes directly from the, the Holy Spirit and it comes directly from the heart. That's what soul music is. That's where, like, you know, they changed the in the 80s, they changed family music of African-Americans making family music together, soul music, and turned it into rap music where it was killing each other. That was that manipulation. Yeah, it's sonic attack, 
right? Frequencies yep. have effects. Effects are... Jackson 5, you had all these brother and sister groups in the 70s and 80s and made music together it's a, all to one-man groups. Cut their whole family out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I want to go through uh, that whole thing uh, bit by bit because I'm pretty sure you and I... Uh, because it hit our cores, it hits our core every time we hear it. Uh, for a lot of people, they're just hearing the voice, who it is. And- I don't really listen. I love Alex Jones. I just don't. I don't. I don't. I don't listen to him constantly. I guess I pay attention to uh, different things right now. But I love every time I listen to him. This isn't about uh, who we're fans of. No, no, it's not about the fans. But I'm trying to. I'm trying to convey that um, my friend's attitude again. Okay. Just- yeah. Uh, not listening to any of it and just getting triggered because of the sight that he sees on the screen, who's saying it, the messenger triggers him and thoughts of white supremacy and even Donald Trump. So that's something that needs to be addressed. It's a derangement syndrome. It's, Mm -hmm. Hysteria. It's basically not it's, connecting. It's how my friends and family, uh, my friends and family act that same way when they hear the word Trump. Which is exactly why why we need to go it, over this. Like why it's like we literally, it's like literally they hear that word and they and they and they and they turn into like they, yeah, no, they don't hear nothing to do with it. Exactly. So, um, you know, again, thanks to the magic of podcasting, I was able to cut up that whole thing into segments and we can go through it one by one and dissect it and so we can get over this whole hysteria dementia syndrome that's going on with americans we can at least give our listeners a fighting chance with their own families so here we go okay go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say i think we have i've discussed this with you at other times and other people that you think we, I think you spoke on this last week is why I said is that uh, the average brain can only take in three problems that it can't solve without it overloading. So hearing that the Chinese, that the Chinese have infiltrated central uh, big tech to like, you know, just three of those things in there are true. In other words, let's just say there's 12 things and only, let's just say only if three of them were true, it would still be enough to overload their brain to shut them off and listen to it thousand percent that's why we need podcasting where the listeners have the power to turn it off uh when i was in college i started off as a psych minor major actually the whole degree was going to be psych and i participated in behavioral brain studies where they were testing memory banks and functions and things like that so uh as being a student and a participant, they give you a little extra literature about it. Uh, basically, the normal human functioning brain is supposed to have seven ideas that it's supposed to be able to hold on to, but kind of like what you're saying, most people can barely do three. <laughs> it's very sad. Well, well they, the average human, remember, loses to a chimpanzee on a on a playing the game of memory where they show the numbers on the screen and you have to put the number back into where it was on the screen. And the, a chimpanzee can do it so much better than a human being because they're so used to, it's in the back of our brains that when we see 
uh, danger, we're supposed to be able to calculate it, right? How many different danger points there are in escape. We've lost that ability because we, we don't think about that. We eat comfortably in our homes with a knife and fork sitting down in our houses that we don't think about protecting ourselves. So we've actually lost that ability to uh, to point out danger and how many different danger points there are. And I'm a thousand percent sure that's going to come up in our fasting discussion later. Okay. Uh, no, I'm going to bring it up because I said I have some clips about it. So, all right, let's start it over. And, you know, like kind of like what you just mentioned, uh, even from the very beginning, it's enough to turn off the average person. But that's what we're here to do is get through it and let you know what's up and move on, you know. So here we go again. And these I'm not playing the whole thing over again. So enjoy the ride. The communist... Chinese with mega banks. What do you know about that? Well, the globalist Chinese right now is exactly what's happening. Why they're using Chinese banks to bail out all these poor countries like Pakistan, different countries like in Africa, that they build all these uh, ports, deep water ports, uh, infrastructure, and it's not working with high interest rate ro- loans in the Belt and Roads Initiative Program. Uh, okay, so that's that's present. It's talking about 1940. Oh, right. That's right after. Well, the uh, right, right after. So, nineteen forty is this right before Mao? Remember, they chased into Taiwan. The Mao Party chased, chased the that party who was actually backed by the United States before World War Two, which we were together with. Uh, when the Japanese came in in World War Two, they they pretty much exterminated that party, and it was easy for the Communist Party to come in and overtake it because they didn't really fight in the battle. So, key things about what you're saying, you're not incorrect, your your retelling is accurate from our, um, you know, whatever information we have available. From what information I wasn't there, from the information I have is basically that the Taiwan is a remnant of the last real Chinese party, which was before before the Japanese came in and pretty much wiped them out. I always appreciate the, the insight as you, as you mentioned first china is currently a globalist capitalist behemoth and calling them communist in my opinion is the most ridiculous thing in the world it is ridiculous because they're not a communist and it's it's nothing like i've never really seen true communism how does america truly treat real communism what what does everyone think about cuba People weren't allowed to go there until Obama opened it back up for like 40 years. Uh, Venezuela is another quote-unquote communist country that uh, we'd like to demonize. So No, we destroyed uh, it. <laughs> yeah. Which, our, our, so which, our, our, uh, our, uh, that, our capitalist economy destroyed Venezuela with our large uh, Exxon and all our freaking BP. They yeah, our our page. sanctions. Uh, our good friend a few weeks ago, Bill, mentioned an individual by the name of Stephen Donzinger who uh, fought Exxon in Ecuador, and same results. Like we're Ecuador isn't a communist country uh, by the books, but they are a victim of our foreign policy, which is essentially the main point Jones is trying to make about how. It is a global corporate combine with 
the banks and the Chinese. So what happened in 1949, in the 1940s, as you kind of explained, there was a huge political shift in China. Basically, the party that won was meeting with and funded by U.S. bankers. You want to guess who? Uh, is it called J.P. J.P. Morgan? J.P. Morgan Chase, which was owned by the Rockefellers at the time. We talked about how wealthy people like to say their their parents' accomplishments are all of their self-made accomplishments. Uh-huh. So almost every single article I was reading to refresh my memory about this to make sure I got everything right was essentially saying that the senior Rockefellers from the 1900s are the ones that established all the trade routes in China between the U.S. and China and made all the connections and things like that. But it's the son who ran Chase Bank for 10 years and went over to China once that made everything happen, is the way the articles are talking about it. (laughs) They're bragging about it without being able to boast. What do these kids have to brag and boast about? Um, We both have so much personal experience around these people. They don't have any game. They don't have any personal social skills. Like, these these people are... They look to us, like, to figure out what color shoes to wear. By people who are so, quote-unquote, like, the most wealthy and powerful and supposedly intelligent um, don't know how to match their outfits and... Or no. know how to do it too well, but don't know how to manage their pocketbook because they spent 3500 on their output and they made $100 that day. <laughs> the children of the elite. What are we going to do? Uh, there was a Rockefeller visit to China. Um, Chase Bank established basically funding to the Communist Party that took over. And as you described, there's a communist a communist government that has 90% of global capitalism flowing through it in terms of production, manufacturing, assembly, things like that. That is what he's referring to. I don't have any disagreement with those facts. And I also didn't hear any white supremacy in that clip. So that's one thing I want to point out. But then he does get it. Gets into it. Uh, names, names, universities, Hollywood. Uh, and I can see ho- Hollywood was discovered randomly. Like Let's just say the Eastern European Jews that moved from Europe, they were making a theater in New York. And then they all moved to California, all of them in this little within five miles of each other. And they created Hollywood. It was created Hollywood was to to help sell more of their products with the clothing companies that they owned and the, the products that they, that they, they manufactured. It wasn't the way it was. And then they saw the real power of it. And it's always been a way for these group of five Hoskinazi Jews families <laughs> that have been pretty much telling you what to buy, what to believe and what to see and what you like, what your girls should look like. They all divorced their, their ethnic Jewish wives and married European women for Hollywood and they created this image of Hollywood and Hollywood was bought. Hollywood was bought by the dreams of a few guys. So guess what? I think the Chinese are a smart enough group of people to buy into that and see the power of that. And if you just put money into the pockets of people who are already doing this for the reason of building their own pockets, it's not like 
it would be an easy sell and say, hey, we got more money than you. Let's buy you out. You don't think that those uh, Jews at Warner Brothers said, okay, that sounds good to me. They, that does sound good to them. They would have sold out, but they're not in control of the apparatus. Media is mind control. lets us know that uh, the media is a weapon of the propaganda. Oh, absolutely. And to, and, and to selling things and to getting people to believe in your ideology. Yes, this is why this is why the Twitter deal between Elon Musk and Twitter uh, is having so many problems because what a lot of people don't understand is that there are government officials in Twitter through something called the Atlantic Council mm-hmm. in order to exercise censorship and control over the platform. So long story short, Twitter is a NSA CIA like combine that accomplishes what you said about Hollywood uh, and a lot more because it's a whole different animal. It's a it's a text based like mind control program. Like they can literally implant. Well, I, can get you to, I can get you to I can get you to buy a Gucci suit because I can put it. I can make thirty rappers name themselves that and put it in a song and make every single person you see on TV wear it. Exactly. It's it's mind virus. Now you want Gucci? Mind virus. <laughs> yeah. Now you're willing to commit felonies and be a terrible person just to get Gucci. So I'm so I'm. You just brought up the perfect point. So let me tell you something a little bit about advertising and a population profit predicament that corporations experience whenever they want to transition into globalism. This is how it's not paranoid or propaganda to say what Jones said about universities, Hollywood, Silicon Valley, Apple, Google selling out to the Chinese government has everything to do with the predicament between advertising populations and profits. This is specifically about advertising like per views. So with a higher population, you're able to generate higher views. Uh, And there's a blatant example. And I think there's one you can really relate to, you know, the NBA. Uh Uh, You already mentioned Disney and Hollywood about being bought and sold out. There's their American institutions, what they thought were sports and all that good stuff, patriotism and shit, are also selling out to China. And the NBA is a blatant example of it. Uh, oh, a lot the of NBA people... and Disney are so afraid of what China has to say and what do. Think about it, they get way more views than they do from us. I have numbers for it, yeah. Uh, but... Uh, I think a lot of people have there seen... There was that... Remember the episode of South Park where the guy, uh, where Mickey Mouse was, like, was in charge of, like, the whole mafia, and he was like, that's how it's gonna go, guys! And he was like, you know, had slave labor, and he's like, shut up, toots! And, like, he was like... Mickey was this, like, the... Pimp. was, like, the, the, <laughs> the main boss. Yeah, then Cartman walks in, and he's like, do we own this one? Mm-hmm. And then someone's like, not yet. oh yeah and then it was was mickey in china it was about mickey mouse in china you know what i mean he's like no i have all this power (laughs) 1.5 billion 
followers. So the NBA, uh, this is from USA Today 2019. Because, again, the clip is from four COVID, years. That was that year they did the ba- NBA in the bubble, the basketball no, bubble. This 2019? No, but they did the 2020 or 2019 season of the NBA at the, to the playoffs in a, in one, in a bubble. So they did $8.76 billion in revenue for North America NBA. Okay. And Mexico, I'm, Canada, United States. Uh, no, this is just the United States market. Oh, you said North America. So I was just wondering. That's what I Googled, but the article USA Today is talking about the U.S. Okay. and their numbers. So, the American Basketball Association made $8.76 billion in the 2018-2019 season. Um, <clears throat> that's a lot of money. For sure. Uh, how old is basketball in America? Like the NBA, do you know? No, I don't really know. 60s, 50s? Older than both of us is my point. Listen to China's numbers. China had their first NBA like license preseason game in 2004. Okay? So they had their very first like NBA game, and it was a preseason game in 2004. With Yao Ming, though. Yao Ming was on, in that. Foot. Yeah, Yao Ming was from the Houston Rockets. He was seven foot five Chinese guy. That's why they had, that's why they were trying to bring China into the market. He was the big tallest, he was the tallest center we had, ever had. So my point is, is that they're not as old as the American League. The American League is older than you and I. But my point is, is that they're a lot younger than uh-huh. the American Basketball Association. Can you agree with that? Well, it's both the NBA Basketball Association. It's just being played. But the Chinese market is like only had it for a, a quarter bit of, of the age of the American market. Yeah. Do you yeah. see that? Yeah. Okay. And in the same season as the North America, as the American NBA, they did five billion dollars. Yeah, it's a lot of money. A lot of people. And a lot of people. Viewership is estimated to be about 50% of the country. Like 50% of China is into the NBA, which makes that almost 600 million people. (laughs) And for anyone that doesn't know, 600 million is a lot more than... Every American. Every North... I think that's more than our entire hemisphere, including... No, we we have uh, depending. Oh yeah, because Canada probably doesn't even have a hundred million people, huh? Well, Mexico does for sure. So we're over that. Mexico City has a lot of people. The population of North America is five hundred and seventy-nine million people as wow. of two thousand sixteen. So there's more people watching the NBA in China than there are people in the entire North American continent. They they have our economy by the balls. Our ninety percent of our commerce runs through that country, so I hope after all of this, so far people are kind of understanding that it's not so far fetched to understand that your your American university, your American movie studio, your American sports want to sell out to China, and this is why. So 
I'll, I'll get a little bit even deeper into it. According to Investopedia, how does the NBA make money? Television, merchandising, and ticket sales. So take it back to how I explained it, the predicament between populations, advertising, and profits. Higher populations will in, lead to increased viewership, increased merchandise sales, higher ticket sales. And then there was another part about the, at the end that really stuck out to me in the clip, talking about how the banks with the Chinese government have taken over control of Apple and Google, if you remember that part. Uh, Apple's supply chain, especially for all these mobile devices, completely runs through China. Essentially, everything's sent over to China to be made into boards and chips and widgets, China, Taiwan area, and then sent back to various assembling facilities all over the world, shipped back into the United States to be sold to the consumers and others. But millions of watches, millions of phones are sold every time they just announce one. And the amount of cash that Apple has in their vaults, I think they have over a trillion dollars, are up there with Exxon. And I get it. They're loving it to the same population profit predicament problem. They're selling out. They are moving over to China and wanting to sell to their elite, to their people. And in those efforts, they are giving up on American values in terms of freedoms of speech, freedom of liberty. Not that we represent any kind of gold standard anymore, but the documents that we're supposed to be holding true to as Americans, regardless of what our tyrannical government does, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, things like that, completely out the window when it comes to the Chinese government. You remember, I think, our second episode the story about the bankers what the bankers the bankers who stole some money to gamble and were just taken out and shot Mm. so those are the kind of devices and programs that your American corporations are working on in America for the Chinese government and are for sale to almost every other government so this is why censorship's been picking up. Your government wants to silence people because they can. Uh, right, they announce. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think I get. I get what you're saying on all that. Um, yeah, pretty much we've we see, see the big picture on it all. Oh, I know you did before we even started this whole uh, project, but um, and about Google. So in 2010. Google wanted to get into China because the Chinese search engine was showing billions of dollars in profits. So they wanted to get in. Then they immediately got kicked out because at the time they had ideals about free speech and censorship and they would not go along. Fast forward to 2018 where Google is this huge, even bigger company. So now they've decided that they will let small teams into China. So 
they don't have Google search, but they will have Google phone. And then the apps are completely managed and dictated by the Chinese government who enforces the censorship and control over the people through that. Google's going along with it. So essentially in their back pocket, they have the means and ways to uh, make this hell where they can control everything without your consent. Um, yeah. Down to like where you're not even allowed to dial certain phone numbers. Right. Not. Well, we already it. have it all oh. set up here with the rings on your door. I already know if you're going to try to set a cute coup behind my back, I could just check out your ring. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's the next one. A demonized version of a person to push a narrative. I think it's pretty clear. We talked about credibilities and things like that for a long time in one of our previous episodes. That was uh, pure coincidence and it sums it up pretty well. Uh, what have you heard about what Alex Jones is these days? A uh, child murderer says he lies. Heretic, and you know, this is blasphemy. Oh, whatever they say. I don't pay attention because usually the one who's pointing the stick is the one who needs to have the stick pointed at. True. Um, and, you know, bring it back to why I'm originally talking about all this, uh, hanging out with a friend, and then he just calls him a white supremacist and crazy and a whole bunch of other things. And there's so much hate for Alex Jones when we all know Anthony Fauci is a real devil. Listen to that guy talk for like five minutes, especially especially now after he's had COVID like four times in the last month or some crazy shit because he's on this drug, this experimental COVID pill that as soon as you stop taking it, it gives you COVID again. So listening to that guy talk is like really listening to the devil. Where let's not get started on that COVID thing, right? I told you I was watching the thing on smallpox and the American Horror Stories. Pretty much showed you what people going through smallpox did. They went through the same thing. They were willing to try anything to make sure that they didn't get smallpox back in colonial days. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it was it was if people were willing to to dig up the the, the dead and eat their hearts. Uh, you know what I mean? Sleep with prostitutes. Anything. They would try anything not to get sick. <laughs> to not get sick, they became hella nasty. All yeah, right. They became hella nasty and tried different things. Rituals. People hiding behind the cloth. Right. So, yeah. uh, let's go to the next clip. And that's the part I relate to, the low the low amounts of oppression. So, where it's, just, it's just constant to where you just stop wanting to fight because it's just constantly little, little but not nothing too overly sought out where nobody could see it is that what he was trying to say yeah a hundred percent and, and uh, that's how i feel that they do it is it it's a war of attrition they just beat on you with these little battles of magnetism where you just constantly just keep getting beat yes it's everywhere it's uh in his words and this is from four years ago reverse psychological warfare operations using adapt and overcome subversion paradigm manipulation techniques. So fast forward to today where we've had some incredible studies done where they wasted even more of our money. They now call this choice architecture psychological manipulation. Kind of instead of having reverses and skips and switches and 
draw fours in there. Well, they're trying every of these experiments on humans. Why do you think we have so much people dressing up and doing transgender ideologies? I'm not talking down on that. I'm just trying to say a lot of this is CIA and them manipulating, trying different things, trying to discredit people. Paradigm manipulations. Paradigm manipulation. Essentially, what's understood by the definition of this term is your life has been boiled down and broken down into two major decisions. Um, and it starts with getting up in the morning. Ultimately, your choice is every second to step out of bed or, you know, stay in bed. Uh, you can have thoughts and things like that in between. But for someone that's trying to paradigm influence you, this is how they're boiling down and viewing your life as situations that can be manipulated and, and predicted. They want to be able to have manuals on how to go about every situation that they've created and how to control and handle people in those situations. And what is That's the best? Done. That's and, what is, done. and then what is also the best way to manipulate? Where is the best state to manipulate people at in this day and age compared to what they were doing these tests, you know, like in the sixties and stuff, they're doing them again. And they're modernizing them. They're essentially yes. Hiring uh, some of my colleagues in the software field to take all this shit and turn it into AIs and make it Excel compatible so it runs faster and can be beamed over 5G. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that, uh, can, that kind of, or, or it could be beamed in these sky clouds, these clouds, like I said. I, man, like, I don't know about you in Dallas. Like, I know we're still on the same subject, but like, speak out here, it was crazy in the sky. Uh, if anybody saw the pot, our, our Instagram, they got to see all the reels I posted this week. I literally can say I posted about 25 reels and on Saturday had the best evidence ever of actual sheets, flat pancake sheets that when you're underneath that you look so thin, you don't look like you don't even see a cloud above you. But if you look at it from the side, you know, there's clouds above people and they were rolling in like fleets of armadas. Yeah, I'd recommend everyone get polarizing sunglasses and then all that shit will show up. And this stuff is everywhere, and I have a better explanation of it, because uh, okay. I feel like Jones has been yelling for almost his whole show, so let's take a little break from that with someone else. Just don't understand how it gets to the point well, where... Well, th things get to terrible places one tiny step at a time. You know, if I encroach, I, if I encroach on you, and I'm sophisticated about it, I'm going to encroach two millimeters. I'm going to encroach right to the point where you stop, start to protest. Then I'm going to stop. Then I'm going to wait. Then you're going to calm down. Then I'm going to encroach again, right to the point where you protest. Then I'm going to stop. Then I'm going to wait. And I'm just going to do that forever. And before you know it, you're going to be back three miles from where you started, and you'll have done it one step at a time. And then you'll go, oh, how'd I get here? And the answer was, well, I pushed you a little farther than you should have gone, and you agreed. And so then I pushed you a little farther than you should have gone again, and you agreed. And that's what I mean by they started that's why it's important that's why it's important to bring up what corporations and banks have been doing with our rights when it comes to China and how they've been selling out all of our rights to foreign countries. We agreed. We let them get away with it. So now they're taking the next logical step and it's up to us to withdraw consent. Yeah. 
Well, you know, a document is an agreement between two people. <laughs> yeah, and it's there a contract. And, there's and so this uh, complete state of manipulation and control by the banks and our corporate overlords uh, has resulted in this next clip. When we get hit with the megaton dose, we just want to know what hit us. And I think that's indicative of a lot of people going around and about life now. It's happening all over again. There's They're releasing vaccines. People aren't asking what's in them. People don't care. Uh, personally, as someone who does ask all those questions and did save a lot of lives in 2020 by just simply obtaining those documents and spreading them. People need to know what the allergy windows are for these monkeypox vaccines, for the COVID vaccines, how many boosters they're going to be expected to take. Uh, would, would you sign up for a vaccine if they were like, you're going to have to take three every year? No. Yeah, so... That's essentially what the monkeypox vaccine is. They've already announced that there's two boosters on top of it. What are the boosters? Are they different vaccines? Are they different formulas? No, they're the exact same thing. So you have to take three doses, you know, because the first one just doesn't do fucking shit. And then after three doses of nothing, <laughs> this clip was so funny. The, the doctor on the media channel was saying that Every dose provides the same amount of protection, and that's why you have to take three of them. And in my head, I was like, yeah, zero. They all provide zero. <laughs> well, that's why you have to take so many every year, because uh, they don't do anything. Except get, except to get them a check, so the profit margin goes, you know, hey, you have to make sure next uh, quarter is better than the quarter before. What a better way than having another shot every quarter. You're lucky if it doesn't do anything, actually. I shouldn't, I misspoke. Um, there's a lot of incredibly negative side effects um, because people aren't reading the CDC. People aren't asking questions. Not even doctors are asking questions. Just well, like, nobody's asking questions. The, the sky every day, we, nobody's asking questions about how there's this, this you know, like obviously looks like vapor pores or trails, you know, in the sky, and nobody wants to even ask, okay, why? <laughs> why how can it cause a cough can it cause is it is it getting in my lungs because thinking about silver dioxide falling from the sky and i'm breathing it in i think that that would clog up my pores and my vapor in my lungs right that would cause breathing problems i figure that's the reason don't people who work on a a flight tarmacs have to wear from the planes have to wear a face mask oh maybe that's probably why because they don't want to get any shit in their lungs yeah but they're they're helping a capitalist machine so they get rights. <laughs> yeah, to me, it's called uh, treason. hundred <laughs> percent. That's why I wanted to make a joke against these motherfuckers in the beginning. Yeah. You didn't find it very funny. I, I guess I didn't catch it really. Good. All right, let's move on. Whew. That's just too much. <laughs> that's, that's where people are overloaded. That's probably where people stop listening right there. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. They stopped listening to us Wait. a long time ago. But, uh, to bring it back to something our friend Bill brought up, uh, this is what Deborah Tavares was talking about. Oh, yeah, we talked about, you talked about what Deborah Tavares was talking about on Thursday's thing because of Bill. Yeah, that was great. Yes, and 
uh, I looked up, I, I pulled up the document to draw the lines to everything he was saying. Yeah, it's a dystopian nightmare because they're using all kinds of attacks to poison us, brainwash us, traumatize us, hypnotize us. And next clip. I, I feel me, you, and William all relate to this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what happens when you stand up. Yeah, so happens you stand up, you get outcasted, it puts to the side. And nothing scarier than a herd coming your way, 51%. But anything over 51%, you're probably going in the wrong way. And alternative media in general just blows the mainstream narrative out of the water. That's why they want to shut us all down. Personally, that's why I wanted to stand up is because... Uh, you know, the day to stand up isn't whenever you see these people get hanged. You got to stand up before, you know, the well, people does, that... Does anybody ever... Or I wonder if anybody on here knows how the, the French Revolution started, where they separated church from state, was the the elites that were really with the with the courts, they they pretty much caused the famine. They were the farm owners. They, they caused there to be hunger in the streets and caused uprest from underneath. They they were the roots, and they uh, they knew how to control. People will do anything when they're hungry, right? And what was, was the French Revolution full of blood everywhere? Let them eat cake. Let them eat cake. You know, setting him up as a distraction to divide us and conquer us. That's like Maria Antoinette and out of them at the time. You know what I mean? They they wanted to separate the peasants from the from the elite, even though maybe some of the elite weren't as bad as it made it seem. It was actually. The corporatists underneath the agenda had the agenda. They wanted to uproot the, the peasants and they wanted to uproot the elite. Which gets into something really wild that I read is that it's honestly debated whether she ever even said it. The wealthy elite are playing under the table. They just said she said it. They just put out a rumor that she said she wanted peasants to eat cake. Yeah. Like, but it's it's history. It's debated. It's whatever. Who wrote it? It was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move on. That that's why those guys that we consider the top guys, Washington, like I said, Abraham Lincoln, are on the smallest denominations because they're part of the old regime of America. Why, yeah. Why, if they were such highly highly sought after people, why wouldn't they be on our higher notes? Because. The second group came in later on. That's why you got Grant on the 50. You got Benjamin Franklin. It was the Freemason group. Still blows my mind. I just never put it together. Because our founders are the old regime. The people that we are sought to look after are just now mere murals of of what... It's a possibility they were even African-American and all, and everything was changed. Because I've seen, I've heard things that shipwreckers showing it at George Washington as an African-American. But, you know, I'm not here going there. But it just shows you. But why are the people we're supposed to be as the founders of this country on the smallest denomination? And a person who was never a president, but was all over Europe making, he was the face of America in Europe. And not anything besides a wealthy Freemason was an... Uh, Benjamin Franklin, but he's on the $100 bill, which a lot of people say Benjamin Franklin is Albert Pike. You know my opinion on secret societies and things like that. They're 100% real, but they're incredibly shrouded by mystery and secrecy. 
I think we should expose all their crimes, bring them out into trial, and get down to the bottom of those questions. What's worse shipped across this whole entire world? A good old Benjamin Franklin, right? Isn't that what? Yeah, for sure. Everybody wants a good old Benji. Yeah. Never was a president. Spent all his time in Europe in those secret societies. Uh, Abraham Lincoln is on a a freaking nickel (laughs) or on a penny. And he freed slaves and, you know, put brought this great country together, but he's on a penny. <laughs> Gets thrown in the trash. By some throw, people. people don't even pick up a penny. It's a joke. A dollar bill, people give them away to strippers at the strip club and throw them out like it's nothing because it's not worth anything to you. But guess what? Nobody's throwing $100 bills. Nobody's throwing Benji's. Mm-hmm. I just find it so gross how they turn uh, a lifetime of news reporting and entertainment into a divide and conquer spectacle. And it's very important for all the listeners to really get the last bit of that message is break free from it, break free from judging people based on their looks, personality, and try to judge them on their ideas because we're going to a very dangerous place where we just destroy people for nothing well it reminds me of like in the passages in the bible where you know where what how a stoning or a lynching would happen you know it would just take one person saying something and then another person and then the whole mob gets together and they next thing you know the whole group of people's committing murder without even any information when it's studied and weaponized how to influence people's paradigms combine combine how gullible people are with how easily influenced they are. That's the society we're living in now. It's not just people's free will making them believe who's a witch and who isn't. They're able to be influenced into believing who is and who isn't a witch thanks to Twitter. Yep. These intelligence agency control mechanism. All right, second to last clip. We can relate. (laughs) Oh, a thousand percent. Uh, Everybody look forward to our support structure coming soon because supporting the info war is very important and we do need support if we're going to keep up this work, if we're going to keep bringing out the message and I will have that ready very soon. So the frog in the pot is the metaphor for encroachment. We already played a clip about that previously. George Peterson, yeah, you played how, you know, you just constant... It's like they take an inch, get a mile. It's like how anybody does. You give an inch, they take a mile. <laughs> if mm-hmm. they can. <sighs> America, U.S. policies. <laughs> yeah, our our policies, foreign and domestic. Foreign and domestic. I I included that uh, last bit about you know info or store because I'm I'm so guilty of doing this as well. Uh, whenever I so. So I've known about Jones's broadcast for a while um, since, I mean, since middle school, but I've stayed, I was indoctrinated into staying away, not hating, but I mean, they would have liked me to have hated, but I stayed away just because there was so much stigma and things like I that associated with I actually used to have a roommate named Tony Pro, who was one of my best friends, and we we were aligned on so much of our ideologies, except, I will say this, I was indoctrinated because I was a Hillary Clinton supporter, 
and he was a, Tom, a, a Trump supporter, and we lived in the same house. And this is before this was Pizza Gate, right before it came out, and all that stuff like that. And I didn't believe. I was like, "Oh, this is just misdirection. Anybody's going to do this type of stuff." You know, what I mean, I was on the opposite angle, and I didn't like Alex Jones. I thought he was. Done. I was happy when he got kicked off the air until I realized, no. When I jumped in, I opened my eyes and realized anything that they put that much information to try to misdirect or make look bad, it's just like what they did with Richard Nixon. You know what I mean? Any amount of, if there's that much effort put on somebody, it's usually backwards. That you actually probably were doing the right thing. And it was, you know, they don't go out of their way to make people that are doing their fight for them go look bad. You know what I mean? It's the people going against the fight that get tossed to the to the sand. I'm... Still not a fan of Nixon, but I think it's important no, for everybody. I wasn't either, but I looked into his policies a little bit I know. Bit more. That's, hey, what I, that's what my it, point it, was, is that it's still important to look into things and, like, make up a mind for yourself. All I ever it's heard was Watergate, and, you know, I made my mind about him before without even knowing anything else. And then I just realized how misdirection smear campaigns are big, are, are, are big deals. Big real deals. Big real deals. Big real deals. Not not like the little tiny uh, dick dick tattoos on the back of the ear, like the Navy guy you said. Space Force, not the Navy. Space Force. Space Force. And and the empathy is straightforward. And if you don't understand empathy, uh, there's some books you should go read about basic human emotion. But we're coming up to the last one now, and this is the most important one because this is. Uh, very similar to what triggered my friend. Okay. Okay. Like this. So this isn't the clip that did it, but this is very similar. So I included that for two reasons. Uh, the first one being that it's very similar to what my friend heard in the background. He said, I can play whatever I wanted. It's just background noise. He wasn't listening, but Heard something similar to that, and his direct quote was, Did you really just put a white man having a breakdown on my TV screen? I don't want to see this shit. Take it off. Did that really sound like a breakdown to you? Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Like, he was going through the steps of... But, um... My friend interpreted it as a different kind, like an emotional breakdown. Okay, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't call somebody uh, eliciting their defense of their situation a breakdown. Um, whenever, kind of like the same way we treated our friend Bill, when someone bring whenever whenever someone's going to start talking about their their court stuff, I I open up both ears for that person. I don't I don't ever judge them. I don't call them breaking down. I don't call them insane or white supremacists like what my friend ended up doing but did you ever did you hear any white supremacy out of out of all those clips um no it's it's yeah neither did i but part of the okay paradigm manipulation is making people is putting out there to make people believe uh that some people are white supremacists uh simply because they know that that will trigger you that that is your trigger and you know when people get triggered they're controllable that's their paradigms can be influenced and their decisions can be influenced 
and then that's somebody who is controlled. They they know that if they can get you once, they can get you again. And the program is a constant attack from many different directions. I just wanted to go over what I did last week was the fasting and what I talked about with fasting and how I ended up going over to my friend Bryce's house, a really good friend of mine, and uh, he ended up trying it. He did. He did. He had. He got two and a half days, just pure water, to dozo treatment, and he was speaking so highly of it. They're like, I can't believe I got that uh, too many two people in the same week to try it. Uh, I will say personally. So basically, what happens is your your body is constantly all day creating fat storage, and it gets insulin uh, overload overloads. Your body wasn't created to eat all day, every day, all whenever you just decide that you need to have something to do. That you go and put some food in your mouth, uh, and even it helps with with addiction issues. Is what my friend was telling me too. Is that basically it just routes everything out of your whole entire system like it just starts to eat its own cells it's like a computer that starts to find its own memory by re, re by by replacing it you know and i literally forgot how the a spiritual wake the i just get certain tapped in knowledge when i'm not when i don't have food in my system when i'm not having some of this tainted food that we get out all around us from these grocery stores these fast food places i just have these ability to just tap in sacred knowledge it seems like it just comes to me because our bodies work a lot like machines in certain ways and uh, when they're full they get gunked up yeah they can get gunked up in a lot of different ways and an analogy I like to use is it's pretty complex but you know kind of like my ex-girlfriend's attitude towards cars, right? Is how most Americans and people in Western society have towards their bodies. Uh, what do I mean by that? Friend, my ex-girlfriend thinks that, uh, you know, gas and oil, motor oil are the only two liquids that go into a car. Uh, those are some of the most essential ones you need on a day-to-day, but if you want to have that thing running for a long time you know there's transmission liquids there's wiper like there's wiper fluid uh then there's cleaners and scrubbers that you need to put in every couple of years to get out the buildup from the micro explosions that are happening inside the engine so americans don't understand how what they eat Create. But they say they understand the Bible, and it's just like I said, Deuteronomy and all those old passages from Moses where it's talked about fasting and what to eat, those things. That was to keep a clean body to be able to have it tapped into the spirit. Those were those, were those guidelines, and that's what those kind of things were, uh, not to eat the pork and the different things for the body type, so you could can maintain that connection to spirit. Yeah, wow, so... Maybe in the original ones they were wrote out as you know diet guidelines, and then the best the the Nicene Council <laughs> bastardized it into sin. Yeah, they all they take things and run with it. But that's why you see Muslims during the whole month of Ramadan they don't eat anything or take anything through the mouth until evening. Uh, Christians certain times of the year, the Catholics they do it during uh, Lent where they don't eat meat on Fridays. But you know, really, it all started off with. These were ways to keep the body healthy and clean and spirit.
And they've been hijacked into control mechanisms. Or control mechanisms. They've been, they've been called yeah. sins. They've been called, you know, they've been, turned into, they've, they've been turned into reasons for people to argue on the street. Yep. Hey, uh, do we, should we take a, a caller in here? Somewhere? We have a new okay. person that wants to say something. So I'm sure Bill understands. Uh, we'll give Jenny um, a say. And then we'll always hear out... The incredible Iron Patriot, Bill. Jenny, can you hear us? I can. Thank you for welcoming my call. I I crossed paths with Bill this morning and was really impressed with everything I heard. But I I just wanted to chime in. I really am sensing some real humility on your show and just an honest inquiry mind, you know, asking lots of good questions and the, the clips from the Alex Jones trial. I watched the video showing him trying to reach out to those parents and then the attorney getting in the way it made me mad but um the main thing i want to express is that i appreciate uh the honesty i'm hearing about covid because with the cdc pulling back last thursday so many people are just scratching their heads going what is going on and i really appreciate that those who have been consistently telling the truth like robert malone and Peter McCullough and other doctors like them who are part of the Great Barrington Declaration, they have not wavered amidst so much hate and being deplatformed and canceled and many have lost their jobs and their reputation. Some have had their medical licenses pulled and you have this whole slew of doctors and nurses who walked off the job because they didn't want to get vaccinated. And I just think it's so important in this time when the CDC has, you know, found its soul, or I don't know what's going on with them, why they did it, that we stand in solidarity with those who have put everything on the line to tell the truth. And so I appreciate the messages you guys just shared. And and actually, I was going to say something, too, is that a few years back, a guy looked as a father figure to me. He had a child with a woman who was really high in the CDC out there in Atlanta, Georgia, he thought it was a good gig being with somebody on the inside of knowledge and tip, but he realized that it, w- it was the opposite. So he, he separated himself from her. I haven't been able to get, I, I should ask him more questions about why he did those things. But I remember he thought it was more like a bragging rights. Yeah, you know, I know what's going to happen. My, my baby mama is, the, uh, is, in the, is high up there in the CDC. Next thing you know, he's running away from that woman. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they, they, they're they the most brainwashed and the most involved in the mass psychosis. You know, I like those terms because I really think it's true that people get captured. And I think one of the reasons they do is because so many people have been killed. You know, if you go look at the real history, and I've documented so many of these murders on my blog, you'll have some outspoken uh, CDC employee or... Um, someone really involved in public health at the state level who will start speaking truth. And the next thing you know, they're disappeared. They had an accident. They're just gone. They're wiped. And that wow, is- I haven't known anything about that. That's, that's, that's deep stuff. I know that they do it. They really, they, they, they spent so many years separating you away from your core base of people as you go along your path that it's easier to do that as the, as the higher you get up. Well, I had the great privilege of having, Dr. Leonard Horowitz on my podcast several times. 
And he is a doctor who went and got a doctorate from Harvard in public health because he didn't want anybody questioning his credentials and what he knew. And his own mother died from vaccine side effects. She got the Guillain-Barre syndrome and she passed away from that. And realizing what truly killed his mom, which was that old 1970s flu vaccine, set him on a quest. You know, you lose your mother and it's highly motivating to go try and find the truth. And so he did. And he's written some of the most definitive books on this topic. And I'm sure you guys have never heard of him because he has been so consistently canceled over the years. But the shows I did with him, I did one at the beginning of the Ebola seven years ago, and then I did two. The first one we did the very day the COVID vaccine dropped, and then we did another one about six months ago. And he really gives you the great overview of how they've operated. He has They have made six attempts on his life, and each time he died, went to heaven, Jesus met him at the gate and said, I need you to go back. The last couple of times he died, he was like, I don't want to go back. Wow. I'm amazing. That sounds amazing. (laughs) You need to go back. You need to go back. He's just written what I believe is the definitive book on COVID. He called it the COVID coup. Um, And I'll just put the link in the um, chat. But this is a voice that right now should be everywhere. He should be on all the talk shows. Everybody should be talking about his work, his story. And it's just me, this little mom blogger out in Colorado, who's having him on my podcast and various patriots around the world and truth seekers around the world. But he should be everywhere because of who he is and what he's done. And so I'm just sharing this in good faith. I don't care if people come well, to see my I, show you know or whatever. What? I want to get his information because, you know, I, I got a lot of people that we might be able to promote something like that if he is really has some information like that out there that we can get out there to the i know a lot of people have served circles but i need some good some, a good doctor with some good information we can put out there for him he has yeah, more st- more street cred in my opinion than anybody else out there cool because he's been doing it for so long this is there decades decades he's, he's actually a dentist but like i said he wanted yeah, to get dentists is our doctors i dated a dentist she, yeah, she, no, she let me know that she was a doctor He's got the solid education, but like I said, he went and got the public health one because he was so tired of people saying, well, you're not in public health. He's like, all right, I'll go get the public health degree too so they can back off. But like I said, listen to these podcasts, read his book. It's so good. It's so timely. And his first book was called Emerging Viruses. And he was the first doctor to point out to the world back in the day, 25 years ago, that yes, in fact... AIDS and Ebola were biological weapons. He just said it. And then he had the proof. He had the proof and he shared it in this book. The New York Times would not cover it. Nobody would talk about it, but it became a bestseller 25 years ago. But again, it's been so suppressed. So thank you for letting me share that. You're welcome. Well, thank you for your courage for standing up and putting the good word out there. I'm currently going through it as well. Uh, Like I said, I have some documents that I obtained early in 2020 from a medical facility about emergency use authorizations for providers and recipients. These are like 30 to 40 page documents that were put out with every single emergency use authorized vaccine that clearly say 
There are tons of allergies for every single one of these shots. And the, when everything on TV was even saying that we don't have enough data, we don't know, but then their own documents say, and one of them flat out, that if you are allergic to anything, you shouldn't take it. And, so, and my brother, I have anaphylactic allergies, I believe, because of my childhood shots in the 70s. I have anaphylactic mm -hmm. allergies to foods, I have asthma, and I have eczema. And I have suffered with all these maladies for these 50 years I've been on the earth. I didn't want my own children to have those maladies. And I was informed enough when they were little, 30 years ago, that I said, I'm not, I'm not giving them any of the shots. So we didn't do any of the vaccines with any of my kids. I have five kids. Guess what? How old are they? Uh, when they were babies, I would not give them any of the vaccines. None of them. Now they're in their thirties and my, my youngest oh. is almost 20. But I was asking because I recently heard that newborns, like before they're like when they reach about five or six years old, they're given something like 60 shots now. It's, it's crazy. It's I'll, just crazy. Well, I was going to tell you guys is that I'll say one of the, you know, one of the Walgreens family, they have three kids, right? And one of them has autism. <laughs> so that's what I like to put out there sometimes that kind of uh, a lot well, of the three, out of the three, you know, basically they say the vaccination shots have caused the, the autism to occur more and more in every generation since those things. Like I said, one of the families that owns the biggest uh, companies that gives out vaccinations, you know, at Walgreens, CVS or whatnot. Well, it affected their family at home. Yeah, well, there's the lots, of, lots of pediatricians to their own children have autism and they're, well, we don't know what caused it. And it's so it's sad. It's like you playing God. Now those, are the, those are the most gross doctors, in my opinion, the ones that, um, because whenever, whenever I was posting these documents and things like that on my Facebook, and again, these are about COVID vaccines, right? These aren't about monkeypox vaccines. Um, but whenever I was talking about these documents on my Instagram and Facebook, my friends who are like medical doctors, MDs, and they're calling and saying that they have no idea what the hell I'm talking about and that I need to shut up and just trust what I'm hearing on TV because I'm getting people killed. Yeah, I know. I've had it yeah. for 30 years. What, try and be an activist online as a young mom. I mean, the things that have been said about me and, and done to me because of my activism has just been hell, hell on earth. But you know what? All five of my kids are healthy. No allergies. No asthma, none of the skin problems. I mean, it's just been such a gift to go from a place of really, really bad sickness on my part, and then to ha come up with these healthy kids has been a miracle. Are are you still suffering from those autoimmune disorders? Oh yeah, yeah. I I have hy hypoxia. I'm on oxygen. I've been on oxygen for ten years. I still so, struggle mightily with my health. So I only ask because. Um, Again, I've I've been I've been talking about these documents um, for two years now, and just um, anybody that wants to open up about you know their their injury and their health and things like that, I'm more than happy to share like the knowledge and things that I've come across because one of my friends specifically was she was on the brink of death uh, after taking two vaccines, and her autoimmune disorders got worse. Her cycle uh, increased by two weeks, so she was bleeding for three weeks every month. I've heard and that from so many women. Thankfully, she she opened up to me about having these issues. Uh, that was the first. That was the first thing I have to thank her for doing that. 
Um, because if she didn't open up to me or anybody else about her very personal health problems, then she would have ended up going back to the people that did this to her for a solution. So, meaning like she was going to go to a doctor for the problems that doctors caused her. But thankfully, um, she opened up to me with this about it and we're having some incredible results um, outside of just healing vaccine injuries. And in the course of my friend, um, all of her skin issues cleared up. Her knee pain went away. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I would be more than happy to send that same information over to your way and have. Actually, you know, I was going to tell you, I found this guy during the fast, my fast, I found he did a great fast where he only ate grapes for four months and he had uh, second stage cancer in his stomach. And all cancer was regressed and gone by the time he, after this, after this four month fast of just grapes. Okay, wow. Well, I'm not talking about that, anything like that at all. No, uh, I know, but I was just saying, that before I forgot that train of thought that I didn't mention in my fast thing like that. So when I told my friend Bryce about it, he did the fast. He talked to a friend that was lived in Bali that he knew. And this guy that he did Bali that he had met that did a fast. So he, that's why he was like, believed in my fast because he heard of another fast. They cure this guy's cancer where the guy only ate grape because grapes the body doesn't see as eating food for four months. And personally, this is why we should probably stay away from these kind of discussions moving on forward because yeah. fasting and things like that have such a wide, crazy definition. Yeah. Um, they can range from the way of, and my, not, not to diminish what you're talking, bringing up about grapes and things like that, but there's some pretty crazy things out there. And then there's some real science out there about um, drinking diverse fruit and vegetable juices, cold press. I've, I've and- honestly had the biggest bang for my buck using essential oils. They're yeah. kind of, they're kind of pricey, but they're so concentrated. And I have used them now since my fourth child was born. My doula introduced me to them. And uh, so that's like 26 years. And and, I've had some real healing using those oils. And fruit and so fruit and vegetable, cold pressed fruit and vegetable juices, right? I'm not and I'm not talking about um like a can of uh, a bottle of Tropicana from Walmart. I'm talking about um like actual oranges peeled and pressed and a whole bunch of other fruits and vegetables. That's where they get those essential oils from. They have processed those juices and fruits and things like that with a lot of chemicals to break them down into those essential oils. So whenever you juice vegetables and fruits and drink a diverse um, amount daily, uh, you are essentially getting the building blocks of those oils um, because that's where the oils come from. They come from the trees and leaves and fruits and vegetables. So I would love to send you um, some information about it. It's not a course or anything like me, but um, yeah, just DM only, me, only DM me, DM simply, me because the, simply because you brought up autoimmune disorders and I have a friend whose autoimmune disorders I help, you know, reverse, which is why I'd love to share that with you. Do it. I'd love to hear more. And thank you for your courage. Thank you so much for listening to us. Um, we have a lot of a lot more content than just like this um, show that we're doing, uh, in in terms of tools for other people like you to use to spread the message about 
evidence that the fucking sky is being sprayed. Any any parting words? This, this is the first time I've listened to your show. I think you guys have some good messaging. And I, you know, I don't really like Alex Jones. I don't really like his personality, but he has been right at the forefront of the free speech issue. And I agree and- with you on that, Jenny, because that's how I felt. Like I kind of felt like he was too aggressive on certain things. You know what I mean? I just didn't need to hear, hear all that. I wasn't because some of the, like his supporters were like so gung ho about it for a long time, but the message is there. And I understand his message because I feel like the more I fight the message, I feel like he does. It's, 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 well, it's I just didn't, I didn't like him being censored. I don't like anybody being censored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the day they kicked him off Twitter and then YouTube, I mean, that kind of stuff is that shows you. Sort of, yeah. And it's shocking, mind blowing to me how that's not going across for most people, but their diets and they're they're diets. susceptible to this attack and they're not thinking right. So that's how they'll show up. We got good old Bill. Bill, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I hear yes, you, sir. Wow, what a powerful show you guys have done. My, it's like synapses are going. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> you know. <that's, laughs> oh man, and Denny. Yeah, kudos, Denny. We, you know, uh, she was on the show earlier that Chris listened to, and oh, uh, yeah, she talked, and boy, she's she only scratched the surface of what she's been through. You know what I mean? And um, she opened up on some very personal things on that show. So you know, that's up for her. I'm not going to mention them now. You know, okay. that's her thing. But um, if she's still listening, thank you, Jenny, and. Um, so, guys, first of all, how much time you got left? Because you know me. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, let's just go for it, Bill. Just see what we got going on here. I see what. Okay. Well, the first thing I'll start with is my father used to sell pharmaceuticals for J.D. Cyril, um, which is a big pharma company, you know. And their claim to fame that people may heard, they were one of the first ones with NutraSweet, the artificial sweeteners, you know. But, of course, they had all different drugs, right? And so when I was eight years old, my father used to, well, he used to like, like to drink wine and the Italian fathers, you know, that era that, you know, if mom wasn't looking, they'd slip the glass over. So I became his drinking partner <laughs> at a young age, you know, just sipping on the wine and stuff because they think it's medicinal, you know, and, and healthy. So what I'm getting at is he had a few and he turns to me eight years old and he goes, don't let any doctor ever tell you herbs don't work. He says, I'm nothing but a glorified drug pusher. <laughs> and then he says to me, you know, do you know that aspirin comes from white willow bark? Of course, I'm eight years old. I have no idea what he's talking about, right? I'm like, huh? You know? And then he says, herbs work. He says, most of the doctors I know are, you know, taking opiates and marijuana. They like herbs. <laughs> herbs work. <laughs> right? Oh. Yeah, they are glorified drug pushers. Um, you know, some something I wanted to bring up uh, in our last talk when we talked uh-huh. about how overprescribed people are and things like that. I was I was in a car accident last year in in 2020, 2021, and instead of referring me to physical therapy, my doctor tried to give me a Xanax prescription. I think that would make you just fall asleep. All these things are meant for the propaganda to go down easier. It's it's something I forgot to 
bring up, but the that was the major point of my last clip. Uh, Jenny talked about it, and I forgot to talk about it when we were in it, um, where Jones said that he saw the lawyer snap at the at his oh, clients yeah, and yeah. turned around and you know, kind of just did whatever they were told like, right at that point. And that's, that's evidence of being under some form of hypnosis and being over-medicated is a form of hypnosis. I, so, I've lived, lived every day with that problem of knowing, seeing somebody not on medication and on medication and just seeing the difference in their moods and them not even knowing what their true self was because they've tried so many different things in medication and it's switched our, it's just, it's, it's sad what we do. I think that mostly it's done to the female population of our of our society is heavily overly po- uh, medicated. They give women anything that they think they need. It's been going on since the fifties. They used to give women what lewds because for being housewives, right, Bill? What did they used to give women back in the day for being well, crazy housewives? Uh, well, what I can comment on, I'm, I'm not too sure about that. I'm sure what I can comment on is a couple things regarding that. Um, you know, there was a report that just came out, a 20-year study, that um, chemical imbalance in the brain and dopamine imbalance and all that stuff, there's no evidence of that being uh, even true now. The, there's, I think the drugs they were prescribing, what were they calling them, SSRIs, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, could yes. be off on that best recollection. Okay, thanks. Yeah. And... Uh, so there's a recent report out that, that none of that jives. And in fact, remember I, did, I told you they had me in the psych ward and they threatened to medicate me, you know, because allegedly my mind was racing. Talk about, hey, Jenny, I got a story for you. <laughs> Someday we should need to talk about what it's like to fight tyranny, right? And corrupt it, the unconstitutional state. But anyway, so, um, uh, and so my response to them was, uh, well, you heard part of the response when we were talking in front of the treatment team. Um, well, gee, I didn't know a racing mind was in the Connecticut penal codes. You know, what is illegal about that? You know, but also I turned to him and said, hey, let me ask you something. Since you think I have a uh, mental illness that uh, brings me in here, I said, uh, why don't you run a blood test and a urine test on my serotonin levels and uh, determine a chemical imbalance somehow? Of course, they had no response because they have no accurate test for that. It doesn't exist. There's no accurate test for a chemical brain imbalance, never has been, still isn't. You follow me now, this SSRI report comes out. And uh, so my mother was given lithium at one time, uh, uh, Chris. Um, You know, she had some serious emotional problems, but that was due to sexual trauma. She was abused. uh, And of course, uh, then she acted that out with me. You know, I was. I'm a victim of incest, uh, both parents, and uh, it's often generational, unfortunately, the trauma, you know, that results and uh, acting out. It's an illness. And um, so she was traumatized and then acted that out. Um, but, but uh, you know, taking medication does not solve those that trauma. Do you follow me? I'm, I'm 100% with you. Like we talked about in my last talk with you about being there, something a little similar, talking about going how it goes 
done hereditary but it's like why well, i wouldn't want to have a kid myself uh, this is this is the weaponized behavioral psychology being done against us and when they can get us to self-censor and even self as chris is describing you know self non-reproduce then they've accomplished a pretty significant goal in their in terms of their domination of your mind and spirit yeah well i i hear you well what um with, with my experience uh that's why i became such an advocate fighting the church obviously with the sexual assault mm -hmm. i experienced for them because i saw how it, it how detrimental that abuse is and and um uh, so, so but i want to get back to there's a couple things that that um uh geez, that you guys touched on that i'd like to address Legally, of course, I would love to hear any thoughts you had about our about my dissection of. I, I talked for like an hour and a half, just so was going and going. So I'm sure it generated a lot of thoughts in many people. Go ahead, happy to hear it. And and also, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. We also published your episode, um, so that's up and available for. Uh, yourself it's cool because it's in the down. chapters it says bill's struggles bill's fights like <laughs> and oh, it's all written out thanks to shaw over here yeah well um you know like i said with two or more gathered in his name jesus name he's with us and i know jenny believes that um and we're brought together obviously uh to speak the truth and bring the the light into the darkness you know, and that's how we found one another. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can be our John the Baptist, and I can, he can, Shaq can be our Buddha, and I'll be our Jesus. <laughs> so, regarding the Alex Jones uh, breakdown, clearly he's been on the forefront exposing the New World Order, the globalists. Um, that's been going, he's been doing that for decades, you know. Um, Interesting. What I'd like to do at this moment is focus on this civil action against him and some very peculiar things about the trial, because, you know, I have some legal experience myself, and I think I could shed a little light on some things here. Okay. Well, he was cited by the judge for not being complicit uh, with subpoena for documents his financials and other documents and i don't know if they subpoenaed his cell phone information but the bottom line is he he lost allegedly by default do you follow me for not being complicit according to the judge right well now if when you have a civil matter if, by the way let me back up he was never charged with a crime right to be charged with harassment for example you have to use a person's name and he never cited the parents' names when he was one of many people calling out that Sandy Hook may be a false flag operation by the government to uh, take away gun rights. That was what he was citing. How he made that, those allegations, and that's on record, he never used the parents' names. So, theretofore, he could not be charged with harassment. He's never been charged with harassment. Also, he's never been charged with threatening anybody. So 
No criminal charges have ever been filed against Alex Jones on this matter, okay, prior to the hearing. So this is a civil matter. This is not a criminal matter. There is no prosecutor here. There's only his counsel and opposing counsel for the parents. So the opposing counsel can bring motions. We, you mentioned the Dozinger case earlier, Shaw, right? That was a civil matter in the New York courts after Dozinger won in the Ecuadorian courts and in the Ecuadorian appellate courts. But Chevron brought it back to the United States, being what they are with all their power and influence here. So that was a civil matter. However, Zazinger got charged with a crime of contempt by the judge. The allegation is he did not comply with subpoena by opposing counsel Chevron. Okay. And he did not, he was unwilling to turn over his cell phone and his laptop, citing that that was confidential, protected information between him and his clients, which he has a right to cite. He's an attorney. He's representing his clients. He has confidentiality clauses he must uphold as for his own clients. You follow me? So he was right in doing that. And however, the judge did hit him with a crime of contempt, which is a misdemeanor. Okay. And he was in house arrest for, for some 900 odd days wearing an ankle monitor. The judge found him guilty without a jury trial, and he spent a period of time in prison, and then it was appealed, and he got those charges dropped in the appellate. So what happened here was the process of him being an active civil rights attorney representing those victims in the Ecuadorian rainforest, that they used this process against him to make the process of the contempt and the you know house arrest uh, uh you know and, and the charges and then the short time in prison the punishment was the process but ultimately he wasn't found guilty but yet he had to endure all that so let's go back to alex jones okay did opposing counsel motion for contempt and ask the judge to cite alex jones for contempt for being non-complicit with subpoena I haven't examined the trial, but I do know Alex Jones was not charged with contempt. Do you follow me? Huh. That's bizarre, right? Number one. Number two, the judge chastised him. I did see a little clip on InfoWars where the judge chastised him for allegedly lying several times. Now, let's talk about the charge of perjury, criminal charge of perjury. If you're under oath and you lie, even in a civil setting, the judge can cite you for perjury, can bring a criminal charge against you. Just like in, contempt, in a civil trial, the criminal charge of contempt. Do you guys follow? Right? So, did opposing counsel motion the judge cite Alex Jones for the crime of perjury? I doubt it because I didn't hear any oral arguments or clips of those. Do you follow me? Another curious thing. Because I've been, I've been in civil trials and family where I motioned the judge cite opposing counsel's witnesses for perjury because they lied. They admitted they lied at one point. The judge refused to cite them because those parties 
happened to be very connected politically with the first selectman in Orange, but that's another matter. But the point is, I did motion for it, and I did motion for contempt, okay, of court, when I had a situation where documents were not provided that had been subpoenaed, uh, pursuant subpoena requests that were approved. Because I'm not, I'm a pro se litigant, because I'm not an attorney, I'm not a licensed attorney. If I'm going to subpoena somebody, I would have to go through a process where I have to fill out subpoena requests for a platform. And I never had a subpoena request tonight. Now, I've had subpoenas quashed by trial judges. In my attempt, uh, abuse of judicial discretion, uh, and I did motion to recuse judges who did that. But the, the, the point I'm trying to make is Alex Jones, through this whole process, was never charged with harassment, was never charged with threatening anybody, was never charged with contempt, was never charged with perjury. Wow. Why not? I'm not saying he should or shouldn't have been, but one has to ask, especially when we see the Dodzinger case, you know, and how that's, that's what's called pro forma, sort of like a uh, uh, prior uh, legal actions taken. So I'm looking at this going, this is bizarre. The other thing is there's a statute in Texas for defamation, and the cap is $750,000. Well. What's now? There, there, there are two aspects to the judgment on Alex Jones, and the defamation is it was four point three for um, for damages um, that that were not related to defamation, and I, I have to look back at what that was for. And then the bulk of it of the forty, I think it was forty five million. The bulk of it was for defamation, okay? That's the best of my recollection. The total is somewhere in the 45, 47 million. Okay, but the defamation being the bulk of it, right? The 40 odd million of it. There is a statute in Texas in this, but I'm talking about the Texas statute for defamation is $750,000. That's the statute. You can't exceed that. You could bring multiple, maybe, because if well, there was one set of parents, so I don't know if they could double that mother and father, but let's say for argument's sake they can, that's still 1.5 million. That's not 40-odd mil. You follow what I'm saying? You could check that statute for defamation. And- oh, I get what you're saying, that there's no way it could add up to that. What, are they suing us for the whole country, even people that didn't have a dog in the fight? Well, no. What, no, what I'm suggesting is that this is... <laughs> that judgment cannot be enforced because of the statute, and the judge knows that. Mm, that's, so the so jury, it's a, the judge, oh, so it's a play trial. Yes, and that's it. Looks like this is this is okay. Add everything up I've said already. Now, if you're the judge, you instruct the jury that the statute on defamation. You have to instruct the jury, and certainly Alex Jones' counsel could have made the argument, right? Well, the statute. And defamation is $750,000 in Texas. So how does a jury come up with 40-odd mil for defamation? Meaning they were not instructed or ill-informed? You and follow you me? Did, and you named all the things that he didn't do, any of these things wrong. So, like, how could you get the maximum penalty and it exceed the maximum penalty by such a high amount? Well, he'll never that, – that, he, now, there's a couple things here. Let, let me back up a little bit. 
One, he can appeal this, and he is appealing the judgment in Connecticut. He has an attorney, Norm Pattis, I read, to appeal the judgment in Connecticut, which I think was what you were thinking of, Shaw. That turned out to be like four point something mil, I think. Okay? Okay. So he's appealing that, number one. Number two, he may or may not, I don't know what his financials are, but he certainly can declare bankruptcy. You know what I mean? He has a right to do that. Okay, now let's consider something else. All these, the whole hoopla was that allegedly there were a bunch of people after Alex Jones made his comments, along with other other alternative media, you know, it wasn't just Alex Jones. There was one woman, I looked into it, there was one woman in Florida, like, you know, wait a minute, where are all these people that allegedly were harassing the parents and threatening them? Where are all the convictions, right? Okay, if you're going to give a defamation uh, award, the, the, the inference being that there were other people who, based on Alex Jones's statements, uh, harassed the parents and threatened them. Remember all that? Okay. Well, I found one woman online, uh, the information out of Florida, who had pre-existing mental illnesses, well-documented, who allegedly made threatening contacts somehow. How she got the parents' information, I don't know. You know, maybe, you know, there, you could use certain, uh, you know, like today, if you wanted to do a background check on somebody, you pay a certain amount of money to certain you know, uh, things online, uh, search groups or engines, whatever you want to call them. I don't know what to, how to, but, but you can pay a fee and you can get a background check on somebody. Do you follow me? Give them, you can come up with a name, yeah. address. Yeah. You, my girlfriend's done that to me before. Uh-oh. You'll know, you'll know we've sold out whenever we do an ad for them. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. So you know what I'm talking about? So is it illegal to have that? No, because you can access it by paying for it. Okay, number one. Number two, this woman had known mental illnesses, right? And she said after seeing information on multiple sites, right? It wasn't just Alex. She never even mentioned Alex Jones in the report I read. Okay, number one. The only other charge I saw criminally related to this whole Alex Jones thing that I found there may be others, but I did a search using Brave, which is and Yandex. I didn't stay with Google. You know what I mean? I used three search engines. The only other one I found was some fella who supposedly was charged with having possession of names and addresses of the parents. And again, I'm scratching my head going, well, maybe the judge sealed the case. See, a judge can seal a case to seal in the name and address of anybody involved in a case so that, you know, usually that's done, especially in sexual abuse cases or certain other cases, so that it's kept secret so people are not uh, defamed in any way, right? So maybe the judge, I, I, I mean, when did this happen? Because there was no criminal charge brought against Alex Jones. It didn't happen years later in the civil matter. So when was the case sealed? And how would it be illegal for this fella to have possession of names and that's all he was charged for. That that's what I saw. And so I'm looking at this going, okay, so we got two now just because someone's arrested for something, you and I all know, doesn't mean they're guilty of it. You're innocent to proven guilty. So the fact I didn't see a conviction on this fellow. But you know, things get scrubbed and you know, this is all I found. And this fellow got arrested in 2016. 
that's years after the incident at Sandy Hook. So I'm, I, I, you know, okay. So let's say the the parents are claiming they were threatened and they were harassed. Well, where the where are the charges and the convictions for people doing that? I have I don't see it. I haven't seen it. I've done a pretty good thorough search. You think it'd come up right away if there was a bunch of them. And so unless I'm missing something, you know, I can stand corrected. But but this is all looking very peculiar to say. Yeah, I, I I personally am not worried for Alex Jones. I'm not I'm sure none of it's gonna stick. And from what he's saying is happening is that um well from 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 my perspective why why civil suits aren't being brought up against the people who did commit the crimes is the same reason police well cops and um an attorney that i paid money to for counsel on the matter said that there's no reason to pursue the person harassing me because they're a nobody like they don't have anything to pay up like and they can tell from the background check that they've done so essentially like what my story is is that uh, my ex's ex was harassing me so uh, I wanted to file charges and bring up a civil suit and the attorneys sat me down and essentially said there's nothing to go after here so there's no suit it yeah. doesn't matter what they do. You're not going to get yeah. one third's going to be enough pennies, so they're like, no, it's not worth representing you. But then that's. But then um, we live in this. We live in our current paradigm where uh, enemies of the state are being taken down. So whenever the same people who took down Remington, out of those same s- sort of guidelines, legal loopholes about how. Again, not the people who shot any of the weapons are responsible, but the manufacturer somehow becomes responsible. The same lawyers and operatives who were behind that scenario got wind of people who had who could have a similar sort of structure of grievances against an enemy of the state, Alex Jones, and have been funding and fueling this whole dumpster fire of a circus of a trial and how is this all able to keep going on and continuing and but thankfully that's why we have the appeal process when crazy things like this happen in lower courts you're allowed to bring it up to a bigger a bigger court so i'm not worried ultimately because there are so many limits but uh, we we posted uh the episode that we recorded initially about, you know, 10,000 feet from all the things you've been through. And then we also did a response. um, And no, no offense if you haven't heard it, Bill, but what I would say is we made a definitive argument as to why it's important to vote outside of the two-party paradigm. And that's the only way you get rid of these entrenched appointed judges is by removing their political backbone which is a two-party system how what what would your take be about how to get change in this system like how do we get rid of these judges Obviously, it's a little more complicated than just voting them out because they've obviously they've 
figured out the voting game to get it. You got to get people to become judges that are worthy because it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. <laughs> judges get murdered all the time. But that's why, I'm, why, in my opinion, I'm saying it's voting third. And I would just be curious about what Bill's opinion is in terms of getting change in the system and the entrenched uh, court system, especially. Yeah, let, let me let me let me just backtrack a little. Then I'm going to answer that. And by the way, I did listen to the podcast you did, where you mentioned Deborah Tavares. I think you, you did a really good job with that, Shaw. That's quite interesting. I mean, that wow. Oof. No, we we want to talk about that some more. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. No, and I and I went even deeper into it um, a couple of days ago to uh, because in in Jones's rant four years ago where he says uh, this is like the global technocratic takeover, like total control grid um, where there's CPUs and everything. Intel is bumping, is basically building a factory in Israel that will double their CPU production capacity size so they can produce something like 6 billion microprocessors every year. Uh, they they want to have, you know, they want to have a listening means and control means in your toasters and refrigerators. And that's exactly what Tavares was talking about. Tavares was re- referencing in the, in the NASA PowerPoint about future war. Yeah, Intel is building the factory that's going to make that document a reality in 2025. Okay. It's something I want to bring. No. <laughs> In Israel, of all places. Uh, I already get I'm already getting nightmares a about Pegasus. I already get nightmares about Pegasus going through my phone and manipulating pictures and sending stupid things out to people because it's just like that cartoon Yu-Gi-Oh! The One-Eyed Bandit in Israel. <laughs> Pegasus. Well, doesn't this fit you know, uh, the World Economic Forum, Yuval Harari. I'm sure you've heard of Yuval Harari, right? With the WF, their spokesperson. The main yeah. You know, um, and transhumanism and control of, uh, well, all right. So, so I, I, wow, we could talk about that for a very long time. But what I want to get back to uh, regarding uh, some curious things that are available online. There was an active shooter drill here in Connecticut that FEMA sponsored that took place the same day as the shooting at Sandy Hook. There's an active shooter drill scheduled, and it's put on at 2100 Main Street, Bridgeport, which is Bridgeport Hospital, to train, you know, health professionals, et cetera, et cetera, on school shootings and that, you know, wow, is, is that curious or, I mean, is that just a mere coincidence the same day it was scheduled that the shooting happened? Like Hermie oh, said, there's nothing by coincidence, my son. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm being, the reason I'm posing things in the form of a question, I'm not making any declarations. I'm, ma- I'm asking questions. You're yeah. Probably- we should be doing the same thing. I decided I decided to, instead of ask a whole bunch of questions to Chris about Alex Jones, just take a definitive 
um, to take a definitive stance. And I understand why, because there's going to be, there's a whole mob out there for people who against that, that are taking the state's enemies as their own for some reason. So, and calling me Will Smith. <laughs> well, remember he was in the movie enemy of the state and he, and what he'd been through the last year or so. <laughs> Yeah, those. It's important to remember those people don't open their mouths or appear on camera without having contracts signed and getting their pockets lined. Okay, so let me let me go back to free speech. So we're entitled to say we have every right to say. You know, I've done some research. I see this. You know, is on record online in the public domain, right? And I'm repeating it, and I'm simply asking, huh? What's going on here? Do you follow me? Um, which is whenever I posted on Facebook was my position because that way I, I put out information and then if I was going to comment on it, normally it was in the form of a question for a reason. One, to elicit debate. And two, because I don't have all the answers. I'm not judge, jury, and executioner. I can't say this happened. They're too for that. There may not be, just because it looks like they're connected, they may or may not be. Do you see what I'm saying? So I'm very careful about how I phrase things, unless I'm dealing with something that you know I dealt with in the courts personally. That's another matter. Then I can say, here was my experience, and here's how I did this, and here's how I did this, and this motion I filed. You know, that's different because I had a personal experience. Okay, now, also online, there was a Florida Atlantic, uh, Atlantic University, Florida Atlantic University professor by the name of James Tracy, who also questioned the narrative on the Sandy Hook shooting and questioned, was this linked to crisis actors? Okay, so it wasn't just Alex Jones, right? So however one feels about this, and we're obviously... Uh, uh, due to mainstream media, you know, their, their, their intention is to elicit, uh, obviously, informed consent. You know what I mean? Uh, 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 Norm yeah. Chomsky. The yeah. paradigm architecture, paradigm influencing. Right. Yes. Right. So, so this is now. Okay. So keep in mind, we have an active shooter drill. We have a Florida professor. We have... I don't see any, like, a, you know, if you're going to slap someone with defamation and the millions of dollars, because allegedly they were harassed repeatedly and threatened repeatedly, where are the criminal charges on the people who supposedly did that as a result of Alex Jones questioning the narrative, the mainstream narrative? You know, I mean, none of this adds up, fellas. And plus you have the $750,000 statute on defamation, and yet... The, in the public, you don't hear that. And you understand that 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 judgment issued by the jury, they were already pre-informed. Alex Jones is guilty uh, by default. In other words, you know what I mean. And they're too for come up with it an amount. Okay. Well, again, and I know I'm repeating this. Did the judge not inform the jury? There's a seven hundred fifty thousand dollars statute on defamation. Why not? You know, that's the statute. The judge's job or is, is, is to direct the jury. 
by providing certain information so they can make a decision. Are you with me? You see what I'm saying? I'm a thousand percent with you, Bill. And so I have some numbers for you that I looked into because of the breakdown I spent the first hour and a half doing. So there's a one out of 10 chance that this woman is on drugs, like the judge and also the jury members. There's a one out of 10 chance that each one of them is on some kind of either mood and SSRI. Um, So basically it goes as low as 7% for uh Zero to 18, 7% of the population are taking these drugs, the, the SSRI mood enhancing ones or wow. inhibiting. So, zero to 18 is 7%. Young adults are 11, like, no, it was like 8%, 7%. Young adults are 7%. And then 35 to senior was 20%. So I don't see this judge as being a senior, but um, as a young adult, there is like a one in 10 chance that she herself is on some kind of uh, medicine that makes her not here. Like she's not on base reality. And when people aren't on base reality, they will accept things that don't make sense they'll just let things happen they'll do as they're under some form of hypnosis like you have to get that image of somebody sleeping on a chair and a little clock like that's not the only way to hypnotize somebody um they're they're under a a very deep programming that will make them not follow rules because they have that freedom to do to make bad decisions so that's why I'm not worried for him. But what does make me worried about him and the situation in general is the more extreme lies that are being put out, such as him, people believing he's a white supremacist and other things. When, like you pointed out in the at the very beginning, we can all agree that the main message has been to call out the globalists. So it's important not to judge Alex Jones based on his political decisions in 2016 and to analyze it from a complete sense and understand that there is no white supremacy angle in the main message coming from that person. But Personally, I still do not 100% agree with everything Alex Jones says. We don't agree on women's rights, uh, just to begin. And I'm also not so deeply into one religion as he is, is another um, aspect we would disagree on. But I feel like the disagreement would be just as pleasant as a disagreement as it is between you and I, Bill, and Chris and I have pleasant disagreements about, you know, old world religion simply because I come from a different one. He comes from a different one. No, I come from the same one as Alex Jones. <laughs> it's it's kind of going against some of these rules that these religions have for us to even define, like, some of these powers and 
to even call it God, to, to give him a gender is going against idolizing. You're, you're creating a you're carrying an image that you're giving worship to that goes like against Jehovah God. But again, um, if, if somebody has a correct opinion about, you know, the, a higher up enemy, like, cause I'm all about punching up then I have to come to that person's defense. And especially if coming to that person's defense is an opportunity to really give a nice, I well, I, after editing, it's going to hopefully sound nice and smooth and coherent. Uh, a retelling <laughs> of, you know, current history and how, how the attack is coming down. Um, because okay. it was, and it was all because of, that Tavares. Uh, that was a really good one. Thanks for us putting us on to that, Bill. That really was a good talking point we had about just discussing how that they. Were. Yeah, we got. We had a long conversation. Um, but, but I I agree, guys. You know, I, I, I what all I can say is when you object, I try and be as objective as possible. I mean, the mainstream media, their agenda. I mean, look at the Russophobia and everything. Everybody's always in lockstep, the messaging from all the mainstream media regarding that, uh, even to the point where athletes were banned. I mean, hey, look, at, I'm not responsible as everything my government does. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, what? You know, I, there's so much. And then you look, you guys touched on COVID and all that messaging and all the fraud and corruption that's come out now, based on the judge requiring Pfizer to supply documents not to have a 55-year, you know, time to do it or 75-year, you know, I mean, there's no informed consent when, when, you know, vaccine trials see lost their children. I that all was withheld, you know, and then, you know, I, I'm going to take a moment here, uh, which I I don't recall if I discussed with you all before, but. What got me booted off Facebook was citing things that are on the PubMed, like the NIH, National Institute of Health, PubMed, Open Access Medical Journal, and British Medical Journal. And because my dad brought me up to have a curious mind, especially when it came to pharmaceuticals, obviously, and to look into herbology, um, I mean, we should do it uh, when we have more time. But all the information I have found and and can cite uh, that really impeaches the CDCH that's even in their own open access medical journal that's being covered up. You know what I mean? Um, I do, Bill. Um, I to quote what Joan said that it's an element of their reverse psychological warfare operation. Mm. So if it doesn't make sense. Because that's what's being run, and yeah, there you go. amen. But my point about uh, one out of ten people being medicated with um, psyche-altering drugs is is that there's also other ways in which they're achieving the same effect of hypnosis on the population through bad food, through bad water, through poisoned air, through nonsense garbage on television through the capital enslavement will also cause people to be hypnotized and just go about and go along. And so let's think about 
it or the people in that courtroom, how many people could be under this influence. But I, in, in my head, when people are doing blatant misviolations, like you're describing, like you're laying out how the judge should know that what the jury is talking about isn't even allowed, so she should say something, but she's not, it's falling under one of these attacks that she's a victim of. The judge's job is to instruct the jury on the rule of law and any statutes that need to be clarified, case law, common law, that are relevant and procedures that are relevant to the trial. So if the jury is going to go into deliberations on a defamation award, then the, the judge was grossly negligent and derelict of duty not to inform them that the statute for defamation in Texas is $750,000. So what I'm saying is I, I would suggest that goes beyond for possibly being on medication. This is, sounds to me like out-and-out corruption and sounds to me like... Sounds like it was a corrupted kid. Well, yeah, this is in Texas, too. You know what I mean? It's worldwide. Um, yep. um and and so and then there was a judge in here in Corrupticate, yes, and um, uh, so I, I that see you know having spent some time in the courts for four years on in many different courts as a pro se litigant, uh, I never lost an arguable motion uh, versus lawyers. Uh, so I did pretty good in that regard. As I'm trying to add a little credibility here, the opposing counsel wants to. Uh, limit liability and exposure. So Alex Jones' attorney is acting in defense. Do you understand what I'm saying? In this, in this particular civil matter, right? The plaintiffs are the parents, and Alex was on trial. So I also have to wonder, why didn't his attorney motion for disclosure on the statute for defamation. I mean, this is all very bizarre. You follow me? Like, what's going on here? None of this makes any sense. And so one begins to have to wonder, was the attorneys meet with the judges in chambers? They know what's going to happen before the trial. Like this, nothing happens without both attorneys meeting, talking, you follow me? They have dialogue in a civil matter. You know, they're probably, if they're in the same American Bar Association area, do you follow me? They're all part of the chapter. Like we have the Milford, you know, chapter, you know. The, so they may all be part of the same American Bar Association chapter, which means they go to the same parties and golf events. Do you follow me? And so they're not enemies with one another. You know what I mean? Tell and, like it is, Bill. Right. And then the judges, the judges are all former attorneys, a lot of them former U.S. attorneys for the DOJ. And they came up through the system. And most of the judges had parents who were judges. You know, no one gets to be judge or cop by accident. You know what I'm saying? It's who you know. Let's be honest if you get in this position. So, so you may not be directly related, maybe through marriage. You're following me or siblings or something. There's usually a, you know, you know. Connection. There's always a secret society. Yes, yes. And so, so just objectively, 
all I could do is point out what I've observed and ask some questions and say, what? Now, from Alex Jones' point of view, right, the fact that the total defamation and, 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 and award is somewhere around, I don't know the exact number, I forget, four, let's say 45 million for sake of discussion. I think it's a little more than that, but 45.6 or something, or 42 point something, whatever it is. Okay, the total amount, right? Well, he was on Steve Bannon's show, and of course he's citing the total amount, but he knows the statute 750,000 for defamation. He knows this is gonna be appealed. He knows he's not gonna be, there's no way you can be held above the statute. The statute is the law. Do you understand what I'm saying? They can't exceed that. They'd have to create a new statute. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right? So I, I do, but I think this is this is why uh Alex Jones is not worried either. Like um Oh, oh I know he's not worried. Yeah. No, what I'm what, pun- what, punishment is process, right? What you said earlier. And if if it doesn't and I'm I'm a firm believer of uh, not not because of, not because Jones says it, but because I have studied um, behavioral psychology, I have studied personality psychology, and a few others when I was in college, and then I kept reading those kind of books, and I I do understand um, that there is this just crazy method of confusion and punishment as to, to exercise punishment as process. So the questions do need to always be brought up, but I, I'm not expecting answers. I'm hoping for the institutions to hold up and not turn into the sort of corruption that made my dad leave India. Wow. We'll talk about that at some point. Let let me let me finish a thought, and then I'll go back to what you said. Um, okay, so, okay, hold on a second now. You're Alex Jones, right? And you've got this judgment against you, and Steve Bannon is interviewing you, and you cite the judgment. But you're Alex Jones, and you know the statute, 750,000. I know he must know that because that's the statute. So, so his attorney must have informed him. This is on public record. The statute for defamation in Texas is $750,000. But what I'm trying to say is, he's not, 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 this is like three-dimensional chess now, I want you to consider, okay? He's not going on Steve Bannon saying, oh, well, we're going to appeal this to statute 750000 even if they could bring, they could double it because of both parents. I don't know that they can. I'm just throwing that out hypothetically. Do you follow me? So the defamation part of this award is maxed out at 750 or possibly 1.5 million. It's one set of parents. I don't know if they can double it. Uh, but the point I'm, you know, that I don't have knowledge on. But what I'm saying is this is a huge boon for him for raising money. In other words, his, he, for those of us who believe in free speech, for those of us who appreciate the work Infowars has done to expose the you know World Economic Forum, the Bilderberg Group, which he was doing for decades, the secret societies that JFK talked about in his 1961 speech. You follow me? The monolithic conspiracy of secret societies. You know, um, 
some say in that speech he was talking about communism, but he, he included both secret societies as being repugnant through free society. You see what I'm saying? So you can't say it's, you, you know, communism may have been part of it. He mentioned it in his speech, but it's not only what he said. You follow me? He acknowledged secret societies were repugnant and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't need to repeat that. So what I'm saying is, if you're Alex Jones, he's playing a card here, in my opinion, and I'm not saying it's nefarious, but he's going to roll with this public judgment, which he knows has no standing, right? which can't be enforced, because now he looks like a huge victim that can raise a lot of money off this versus him coming out and saying, well, actually, you know what? I'm, we don't have to worry about that, ladies and gentlemen. The max for defamation is $750,000. I get where you're going with this. That he's just going to actually take, you know, get to bankroll all that money because his listeners are going to want to come up with it to keep him around. So he, oh, so he's, so he's exercising the same exercising. thing that yeah. the court's running. The he's just running reverse psychology for yeah. his own benefit. Yeah, I'm not suggesting it's inappropriate for him to do that. Oh, it's that, of course it's not. It's it's yeah. it's, it's the only game. way to beat these people at their own game. Like if see, he's he's changed. He he's trying to again shift the energy into a scenario that will overall benefit the organization some Claude Schwab moves exactly but instead of for um what Claude Schwab wants which is world peace with air quotes and flowers because it's actually has never been anything like that and they've been in control for a while so instead of some lie towards deception that leads the globe into enslavement, he's just like saying it as it is. And kind of like you're, what you're saying, he's holding his cards. He's letting them fall as they need to instead of before, because he has experienced himself firsthand about how whenever he talks about how things are good and there's nothing to worry about, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's a very interesting thing to think about from all angles, isn't it? I mean, honestly, the, 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 the motivation of the judge, of the courts, of the judgment amount, which can never be enforced, pursuant the statute, what's put out in the press, and then the position it puts out. It's, it's a circus. Yeah, it really is. It's a three-ring circus that just jumps from ring to ring. Yeah, and so uh, uh, he's he's going to keep doing what he does. Now, now the other thing you guys open up with re regarding China and you know all these world affairs. Uh, let's keep in mind that Xi Jinping spoke at the 2017 World Economic Forum, the 2021 World Economic Forum, the 2022. World Economic Forum. You know what I mean? Uh, one of them may have been remote. I don't recall dur during COVID. But the bottom line is he's been a keynote speaker. So he, He's been a keynote speaker. And I believe at one of them, I'll refer to him, the Excellency Supreme Commander of the Globe or something like that. It was, the key, it was whoever introduced him at one of those and just said like, 
And it's my honor to introduce the excellence, like supreme excellent Xi Jinping. Wow, well, yeah, well, but keep in mind now, you know, let's back, let's back up to the early 90s. We had the North American Free Trade Agreement, right, which opened up trade to Mexico and Canada, okay? But at the time, Ross Bro, we talked about this, said, nafta, nafta, you don't want that. You're going to hear a giant sucking sound. First, our jobs are going to Mexico, then to Asia. So then we had the Beijing Free Trade Agreement. We had the Asian Free Trade Agreement, and now the Trans-Pacific Pact. So what I'm saying is uh, the, China has not been our enemy in all this. The, 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 the American transnational corporations pushed this through both the right and left wing. You know what I mean? The part of the same corrupt bird through laws. Do you follow me? And, and they're too far escaping regulations, both environmental and labor, that were being established here in the United States that were on the rise. And what did this do? This totally broke the back of the unions. Do you follow me? I, you, I you hope you can uh, appreciate that. If, if you get around to re-listening to today's episode, I hope you can appreciate that. I specifically tried my best to leave out the DNR words in in my breakdown of it all because it yeah. really is a corporate takeover with the banks with China like yeah. and my my overall point is that they are not a communist country because the lifeblood of western capitalism runs through them absolutely and that's all by design keep in mind that you know before the World Economic Forum was, what, 1997, I think Klaus Schwab started that, and then in the 1950s, I forget it was 1951 or two, I don't remember the year that the Bilderberg Group started meeting, do you follow me, the Davos clan? We follow you, know, you on that. Oh, sorry? We follow you on that. Right, now, but before then, you had, you know, you, you had the Rockefellers, who, by, by the way, were financed by the Rothschild Standard Oil, you follow me? They were financed by the Rothschild banks. Before that, you had the Revolutionary War, the, the you know, the, the, all, the wars that we fought. Where's the, the, where's, I guess where the uh, Rockefeller is the museum is at, and they're the Institute. It's based in Israel. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. The, the Rockefeller Foundation is out of Israel, and so is their museum. Oh, I didn't know that. It's okay. all in Israel. Yep, because they had taken part about giving over the new Israel. Well, unfortunately, we have to let you go. Of course, always happy to have anybody else who has anything they want to talk about in terms of bringing light towards their experience. And tyranny. Crazy, tyranny, tyrannical. This crazy, tyrannical world order control grid, matrix control grid that uses reverse psychology choice architectural day every day i would like to thank you all so much for listening keep one eye on the sky two eye on real life